Hey, good morning, Church on the Rock. Oh, all right, all right. Thank you for those who got out of your jammies. Yeah, it was worthwhile. Thank you for all of you who tune in at home, still in your jammies. Keep warm and fluffy. Can I just, can we give up a huge thank you to the children's workers that are over there to be able to have children's open today? Woo! Thank you, Nancy and crew. It is, a, it is good to see, uh, <laughs> as, one, as uh, somebody said, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you to all the children's workers. I'm excited about tonight. Tonight's our prayer summit at uh, 8 o'clock on Zoom. It's uh, on our uh, Facebook, uh, uh, both website and group. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're actually going to be pr uh, practicing some things that we're going to do today. If you're new to us, I'm Dave Overhold, our, our lead pastor. And uh, often we do series that are very helpful. We just went through a series on resilience. Our next series is called Play the Movie Forward. It's just going to be talking about wisdom. But every so often I love to dive deep. And here we are diving deep. This is like you need a helmet on for this stuff here. So we've got a lot of scripture to go through. This is for those of us who are believers. We want to be able to understand one thing. I want you to understand one thing from the scripture really well today. And so uh, I, I need to pray. I really need to pray that God would help us understand this. So, so let's do this. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your gathering. Thank you for the joy of worship that we have experienced and will experience. Thank you for your holy word that's alive. And, and Jesus, I admit I can't do this. I am dependent totally on you. So Spirit of God, come and be our teacher. Word of God, come alive in our hearts. And allow us to be changed by it. in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. At the end of the day, I'm going to give you two illustrations and one challenge. Two illustrations and one challenge. That makes it easy. You don't have to remember the whole sermon. As long as you get the two illustrations and one challenge, I think we can be good. All right, let's uh, jump in. We are going to be talking about the word faith, the word faith. The secular world sort of defines the word faith as something that doesn't make sense. In other words, there's a leap of faith. You don't have any reasons. You sort of plug your brain uh, off somewhere else, and then you just go and jump uh, off into the abyss because there's no good reason. for. That's how, that's how the secular world defines faith. But we know God does not do that. God always gives us steps, always reasons to faith. The reasons why we are in the faith of, of Jesus Christ, because we believe he died and rose again. The, the historical documents have talked about that and again and again. The apostles went to their death to, do, to, to sort of uh, put a check mark beside that. So, uh, so we can't let the secular world define what is, is a word of ours, uh, of faith. Faith is not something that, that abandons reasons. There are always reasons for it. Faith, for some, is just a mental agreement. I agree that there is a God. <laughs> I have so many people say, yeah, so where are you on your spiritual walk? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm a believer. I believe there's a God. It's like a mental sort of like check mark. Yeah, I, you look at creation and you know, a bunch of other things. Yeah, there's probably a God. So I am a believer. That's, by the way, in, in the biblical world, that's a good start. That's a good first step. That really is a good first step. But faith is so much more than that. If you read the Bible, you understand Paul, who is a Jewish rabbi, got out of that and, and would preach to the, to, the, to the Jews to say, hold on, you, you, you know God, but you don't know Jesus, and, and you, haven't you haven't given your life and trust to him. So 
it is so much more to become a Christian, to, to step into faith and just say, there's a God, there's a God. And in fact, <laughs> the Bible actually says, demons believe there's a God. It does them no good. <laughs> so yeah, check mark, there's a God, great. But actually, it's an act of trust that you step into, uh, that you give your life to him. I think Jesus' most frightening verse in the whole Bible, in the whole Bible is just terrifying. It says this. He says, some will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. You know what he's going to say? I never knew you. I ne we never had a relationship. I never knew. So, so faith is more than just a, a, a mental assent that, oh yeah, there's, there's a God. There's some there's some Christian circles that sort of muddy the water about what faith is. There's five keys to faith, and I'm looking for them in the Bible. I, you know, that five, I, then I heard there's three keys to faith. I remember uh, when I was in university, I was like, uh, had a little uh, dark side of me. We would, we would look at some of the, the faith people on TV and just go, wow, and we'd send things in. And they, they, this one guy sent us a paper of footprints of his feet that you could put on the ground. And if you stood on his footprints and agreed with him in faith, miracles would happen, especially if you send him lots of money. There's an acclaiming of what you want in faith. And if you listen to YouTube there's on faith, it's so confusing. So we're going to take one message and try to get two illustrations, one challenge in your head. And you go, Dave, how, how come, how can I believe you, right? So yeah, yeah, what makes you so special, Dave? Thank you. <laughs> I am not special. I, this is an invitation for you to check it out in the Bible yourself. Because that's the final authority. I am not. The Bible is the authority. We keep on going back to that to see what the Bible says. All right, so. Let's, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. Uh, Jesus considered faith really important. Like, like why, why are you even talking about this, Dave? Because Jesus kind of said, this is like massively huge. You know, think of all the things that you yell at your kids for, right? Or you get angry at, at your boyfriend or whatever, right? You go, Arr! You know, the only thing that ticked Jesus off was to his disciples, his best friends, was their lack of faith. Lack of faith was the only thing that Jesus ever reproved his disciples for. And let me, let me give you a quick survey. We can't look at it all. He was angry about lack of faith. He gave huge accolades to people who had faith. Somehow Jesus saw people's faith as key to their faith. He said, if you're worried about money... Ha <laughs> ha, you little faithers. He made up a word, a new word, a new, a new, oh, you have little faith, you, you little faithers. The centurion said, oh, you can go and heal my daughter. You don't even have to go there. And Jesus said, oh my goodness, you have more faith than anybody else in all of Israel. A storm was raging and Jesus is <laughs> laying down and he comes and he turns to his disciples and said, you should have had more faith. And I'm thinking if I was in the boat, I'd be going, why? What did you want me to do? Right? And men were carrying a paralyzed man through the roof. They dug a hole through the roof and put him down. Jesus saw their faith and forgave this guy his sins. How is that all connected? Now he said, your faith has healed you. According to your faith, let it be done. Uh, they could do no miracle because of their lack of faith. I love this one. 
Jesus is walking on the water. It's a stormy water, too, of all the, the, the kinds of water words that can be. It was like a fierce storm. Peter gets out of the boat and tries it, too. He, he first asked, I think this is important. I hope your mind will come back to this at the end of the sermon. Peter says, may I do this, right? And, and Jesus says, come. That's really important. Okay. So guess what happens? Peter walks on water. We always think Jesus walks. Peter did that too. And then he got his eyes off Jesus and he sinks. And what did Jesus say? Ada go, Pete, you got about 30 yards in this one. Ada, I'm really proud of you. Good man. You know what he says to him? You of little faith. And I'm going, how about the other guys in the boat? You know, they're going, go Pete, you know. Whoa. I, why? Why is faith so important to Jesus? We're supposed to live our whole lives by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we live by faith and not by sight. This isn't something that you do at church or do in your devotions. This is a lifestyle. In fact, in the, in the, in the chapter that's all about faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's funny, all the things we do to try and please God, right? We do our devotions enough, give enough money. We help the you know, people across the street, all that kind of stuff. But you know what pleases God? Faith. So when I see this, I go, i got to figure out this one. <laughs> you know, of all the words in the Bible, I probably should try and figure this one out. Yeah. Because if we don't understand what faith is, maybe we just don't understand our faith. <laughs> uh, is there a biblical definition? If there, yes, there is. It, 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 there, there's Hebrews 11.1. 1, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says this. Now, faith is, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of th things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Does that clear it up for everybody? <laughs> I read that and go, wow, that's still kind of foggy for me. Maybe you, know, maybe you have it down, but I was going, wow, yeah, I'm, that's a little foggy for me. Um, it's assurance. It, it's the mind thing. No, it's a conviction. It's an emotion thing. What is it? And then, then I realized, hold on, hold on, that that verse is just the introduction to a whole chapter. The whole chapter. whole chapter. And I kept on asking myself, how can we be sure of things that we don't see? So I'm going to do a real quick survey of that chapter. And I, 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 you pretend you're, you're writing the message. And I want you to see if there's a pattern. Okay, see if there's a pattern in this chapter, because it's going to help us with that first definition. Let's look at the pattern. Noah being warned by God, but he told by God, build a boat, he built the boat. Okay, Noah was told by God to build the boat, he built the boat. Abraham was told by God to move to a new place, and he obeyed, and he moved to a new place. Sarah was even beyond years, was told she was going to have a child, yet she believed. This is interesting, both Sarah and Abraham laughed at it. If you're talking about the amount of faith, you know, these people in their 90s go, you're going to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's giggling, right? <clears throat> I'm not sure if she's thinking about what's going to lead up to that or, or whatever. But 
<laughs> That's not happening, right? Okay, really? We're going to have a baby, right? We're going to have a baby. <clears throat> Abraham was told to offer up his son, so he did it. Uh, by faith, Joseph believed that they would go to the promised land. He wasn't told about it. And this is really important. Joseph wasn't given the word, you are going to go, you are going to go to the promised land. But his, his Abraham did. And so he heard a word from Abraham and he believed it. So he said, take my bones there. Uh, by faith, Moses left Egypt. Why? Because he was told to. Moses kept the Passover. Why? Because he was told to. By faith, Moses passed through the Red Sea. Why? Because he was told to. By faith, Joshua went around the walls of Jericho. Why? Because he was told to. Do you find a pattern here? You find a little pattern here. There's a couple things that sort of hit outside the pattern a bit. Rahab hid the spies. She wasn't told to, but guess, God still said to Moses and Joshua, you're going to take over the land. So it was still something that God told someone, and they just went and obeyed. Here's the pattern. Here's the pattern. God spoke, and people believed enough to obey. God spoke, and people believed enough to obey. Let me say that again. God spoke, and people believed enough to obey. There's, uh, there's just one or two patterns in there that might not hit the, hit the mark. It, you read it through. For instance, one is that Moses' parents hid their child. It didn't say that God told them to do it. But can't you imagine that? You got a baby, they're going to kill the baby. Wouldn't you imagine that they might be responding to a tap on the shoulder to actually respond to that? It seems to be easier to have confidence. If we have confidence in the unseen, I have so much confidence in the unseen. Isn't it a lot more confident building if God tells you to do something? It's just a little bit, right? Should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? Do this. Okay. That helps me. That, that just helps me to be able to actually have faith. Then I come to a verse. And those of you who are taking notes, Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. I think this is a pivotal verse. It goes like this. So faith comes from hearing. Huh. It kind of looks like the pattern, doesn't it? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the or a word of Christ. There is no definite article there in the Greek, and so uh, uh, it could be translated as a, and it's a, a word of Christ. I know uh, in older translations of the word of God, but actually it's, I looked it up, it's Christos, it's Christ. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by a word of Christ. If you hear Christ's word or words in order to have faith, I believe there's several ways that God speaks. The clearest and best, the one that we can think best of is the Bible. The Bible is clear, clear, clear. When the Bible says something that's God speaking, and we can take it to the bank and believe it and act on it because that is what, because he has spoken. We don't have to guess. Uh, here at Church on the Rock, we also know that God taps on the shoulders. He whispers, and it doesn't carry the authority of the Bible, but it helps us in everyday things. You know that, that tap, right? You go by somebody, and you just get this idea. You should go talk to them, and you go, oh, man, the, the, uh, I, I want to go to Christian Chicken right now, and I'm hungry for lunch. And I, oh, but uh, I think I got the tap to go and do that. So we also believe that God taps and whispers. It doesn't carry the authority of Scripture, but 
but there is the word of God and there is a word of God. So you hear Christ's words in order to have faith, in order to have faith. God said it, I'll trust it's true, and I'll act in harmony with that. God said it, I'll trust it's true and act in harmony with that. Ah, faith originates, I believe, with God. Faith originates with God. And that keeps us from some errors. I know sometimes people try and work up faith to be sure of things. I'm going to believe this is true. Well, if God didn't tell you, don't work it up, man. Listen to what God says, because I believe faith originates with you. I remember somebody saying, God's going to give me a million dollars. I am believing into that. I'm stepping into that. I believe that there's a million dollars coming my way. I'm going, wow, did you just come up with? Yeah, I need it. (laughs) Come on. (sighs) And then you hit a verse like James 4, 3. Even when you ask, you don't get it. Why? You hear every prayer, God. Because your motives are all wrong. You want it only to what will give you pleasure. Uh, It's not about speaking our words. It's about speaking his words. They're by his will. I love this verse in Isaiah 55, 11. It says this, "So, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. I'm going to speak out. My people will listen. They will obey, and then I will move through them. Faith, I believe, originates from God. Here's my new favorite verse. I've got a new favorite verse, and uh, I I go through the the verse. I memorize. I got my memory app thing, and here it is, 2 Thessalonians 1.11. Oh, should I try and do it by memory? No, no, I'm a wimp. I'm a wimp. I'm going to read it. Here we go. Second. (laughs) Okay, may he give you. May give, may give you the uh, I can't do it. May give you the power to accomplish all the good things. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. <laughs> nah, it's cheating looking at it. <laughs> so so get it, get it right. God's faith prompts you to do something. Go and talk to that person. Is it easy? No, God never prompts me to eat a second piece of pizza. Never. That's me. So my, God initiates, prompts me, and prompted by faith. Isn't that interesting? And so God give me strength to do what you asked me to do. And his strength helps me. So here's my first illustration that I want to take, you, take, uh, take with you. Uh, I heard this with uh, my church renewal people as we're discussing faith. And it's about a seeing-impaired person and their seeing-eye dog. Um, Interesting. We've seen that. I've seen this. Sometimes it fascinates me. I'll stop and just watch. And and the person will be walking along, and there's a red light. I'm going, stop, dog. Stop. Stop. And, And the dog stops, and the person stops. And then it goes. And, you know, the tug, and it goes, right? Now, is the red light reality? Yes. Can the seeing impaired person see it? No. 
Can the dog see it? Yes. Does the God lead? And he tugs. There is reality that God wants to lead us into. We can't see it. He can. So he tugs at us to go. It's not, uh, I know these, these dogs uh, are trained. The, 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 the dog in our illustration, God doesn't need to be trained. We do. <laughs> we need to be trained to understand the tug, the going right, the going left. We need to be trained to do that. But I believe that is a helpful illustration to understand what faith is. God's leading in prayer is like a seeing-eye dog's tug on a leash. That's why the Bible tells us to be alert in prayer. Be alert in prayer. As you're praying, keep the alert signal on because he might tap you on how to pray. He might, he might move that. Actually, in, in, in Colossians 4, 2, one of my favorite verses, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So, <clears throat> so as you pray, you go through your list or whatever you pray about, but there's two things you need to do. You need to be, okay, oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you. And then to be alert that he might actually tap you on the shoulder. For those of you who wrestle with difficult passages, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 is, is one, and I, we can't get into it right now. We don't have enough time, but it's interesting because it says pray in the Spirit at all times, and, and, and some of us here don't speak in tongues, and we, we said, oh, man, is that what it's about? We need to be speaking in tongues, all, you know, praying the Spirit all the time, but then it says keeping in mind, I said, hold on, it's just speaking in tongues, by, by, I, I don't do that, but as you have your mind turned on, keeping alert in it for what the Spirit might say. And I'm going, hold on, maybe praying in the Spirit is praying and saying, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Maybe that's a part of it, at least. To be able to say, I want to be alert as I pray. Let's, t let's try and make our definition a little clearer still. Some have may maybe noticed that Hebrews 11 was not just initiated by God, but followed through by obedience, obedience, obedience. They just like obeyed, right? <laughs> it made it a lot better. <clears throat> uh, faith, I believe, is strongly related to trust because trust is, I'm going to trust you, so I will obey you. I will obey you. The best uh, il illustration, this is not the second big one. This is like a, this is like, you came, you came, right? You're, you're tuning in. This, you get the bonus illustration. So uh, a lot of you know this story, but I remember giving it once at the alternative service. It's, it was so powerful. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe this will help somebody uh, out in, uh, in cyberland uh, understand what it means to, to come to Christ. Uh, we, if uh, we're close enough to uh, Niagara Falls, we know about the great Blondin who, you know, did the, uh, you know, walked across uh, Niagara Falls, right? You know, and on the tightrope. 1859. 1859, which is wild. Uh, yeah, 162 years ago. I don't know why I know that, but I do. <laughs> and so he walks across and everybody's, whoa! They go wild. So he goes back and takes a wheelbarrow and goes by. And they go, whoa. The wheelbarrow's full of bricks. And then he goes and says, all right, who wants to jump in? I'll take you for the ride. And everybody, Ooh. 
No, no, nobody. Hey, you, come on in. Do you believe I can do it? I believe you can do it. A mental ascent. I believe, yes, I believe there's a God. There's a mental ascent. Yes, I believe. Well, jump in. I, I got a late uh, lunch appointment, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm going. And so when we have faith in God for our salvation and for the rest of the deal, we're getting in the wheelbarrow. We're saying, I believe, God, that you are real, yes. But Jesus, I'm trusting that you died and rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm jumping in. I'm all in. That's why we do the ABCs. A, I admit that I have nothing to bring to you. I admit I have sinned. B, I believe you died and rose again. What, for the purpose? So I will jump in and see, commit my life to you. That is faith. It, it, it's faith with this trust, trust, trust. I believe, I trust that you will take care of my sins. I believe, I trust in you for the rest of my decisions. My, I'm just going to trust you. So if we want a good, uh, good word to help us understand what faith is, trust is a good one. We don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in religion. We're, we're, we're just trusting in God. There is a famous passage about faith that helps us think about this. And uh, our church renewal pastors that I'm, I'm hanging out with, we've discussed this back and forth for, uh, for quite some time. And it's fascinating as we've, we've dug into this. This might not be something that you've, uh, you've heard before as far as uh, an interpretation. Uh, and this starts at uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 15 to 16. Matthew 17, 15 to 16. What happens here is that uh, a, a, a man brings a demon-possessed boy to the disciples. The disciples can't cast the demon out. Remember that story. This is what he said. Lord, have mercy on my son. He said he has seizures and suffering greatly. He often falls into fire, into water. You know, we believe that there is there's definitely mental illness, but we also believe there are moments where there is a demonic activity. And, and there are two different things. So it, we're not trying to say all, you know, this, all we're doing is saying this, this was a real spiritual attack. And why he's, he's, he's jumping into the fire or into the water to try and kill himself. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So guess what Jesus did? You, you know, if, if I was in that, I would go, eight to go, guys. Gave it your best. Now watch me do it. <laughs> you know what Jesus does? He turns to the disciples. He goes, Ugh. And it's like one of the worst reproofs he ever gives his disciples in this passage. And then he rebukes the demons, demon get out, and it goes. <laughs> it's awesome. Here, here's what he says in Matthew 17, 17. Oh, unbelieving and per perverse generation. I, wouldn't, I would not say those things. Come on, kind and gentle Jesus. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? In other words, I'm trying to teach you guys something. I don't have much time left. You got to get it. How long shall I have to put up with you? Oh, that's bad, okay. Can you just imagine being a disciple? Okay, Jesus is angry. Bring the boy here to me. <laughs> he does this. Ah. Uh, after it's done, they, they, they get together and talk. And 
Matthew 17, 19 to 20 says this. Why couldn't we drive it out? Why did they say that? Because they tried. Can, can I just say, this, this passage falls in a time where they already were given authority to cast out demons. They've done this dozens and dozens and dozens of times. They have do, they've been sent out to, to villages. They came back and reported, this is amazing stuff. We're doing this. So they've done it, done it, and done it. Why couldn't we do it? They had full expectation that was going to happen. And this is what Jesus says. And this is confusing. I want you to, to, to lay in the confusion of this, all right? Because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you have little faith. But if you only had a little faith, come on, right? Come on. You'd say to this mountain, this mountain, so he's talking about the demon, move from here to there, and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is a paradox. You have little faith, and you have little faith. But they have faith, but just a little bit. Uh, it's a problem. And so you start to go down through the checklist of problems, right? Okay, so could it be a problem that it wasn't God's will? No. Jesus did it. He expected them to do it, so no. Didn't they step out in faith? They sure did. They had full expectation that it would happen. Was it the quantity of faith? They expected the demon to leave. They asked that they've done this many, many times. Again, oh, it's not the quantity of faith. It's not the, that they didn't try. Uh, Mark adds a little bit to the story. He's Mark 9, 29 says, this kind can only come out by prayer. And later manuscripts say, and fasting. Well, well didn't they pray? <laughs> didn't they pray? Didn't they actually, like, talk to God about this thing? <laughs> that, was there an expectation that they're going to fast on the spot? <laughs> I've just fasted for three seconds. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I know some of you, that's what we do, isn't it? <laughs> uh, there's a small, there's, there's, it's a language thing, isn't it? There's a small person, perhaps small in stature, but there's also small-minded, it, uh, interesting, some commentators believe it's the quality of faith. It was their prayer life. They, they didn't pray. They didn't trust in God for it. Some commentators believe that they've done it so many times. They're good. They're good. I'm good. I'm good to go now. I can do this. And they didn't actually pray. You start to look at the prayer life of, of the disciples. Isn't it stunning? Jesus is out early in the morning praying. And they're looking for him. What are you doing? <laughs> Maybe you should have been out with him. <laughs> you got Garden of Gethsemane, please wait and pray with me. <laughs> you know, just stellar prayer life of the disciples. Their faith was defective because it was their self-sufficiency rather than the God's sufficiency. They weren't trusting in God. They're trusting in their experience. They thought they'd done, got this done by now. And Jesus saying, listen, you're going to have to pray. You need to get prayed. Why? Because you just can't trust in you doing it, even though you've done it a thousand times. Faith is trust. Remember how we were talking about faith is trust in me. John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You can't do it unless you remain alive in me. I believe faith is initiated by God's words to us, and we trust him enough to obey. We trust, I trust God that that was you. I'm going to walk through and obey on this. A person might have a small amount of confidence. I don't know, I don't know. God wants me to go and give 20 bucks to that person. Oh, I don't know if it's you. But they do it. Right? Is that faith of a mustard seed? Yes. Because they've trusted in God enough to obey. A mustard seed, enough confidence, and they just act that. You can laugh at it like Abraham. You can go, no way. But trust. I think this is what you want me to do. I'm going to take a step of faith. I've checked it out. It's in your word to check. If I believe you've told me something, I need it confirmed by other people. I need it confirmed by your word. I need this confirmed. I just can't come out of the blue. I need this confirmed, God. The bigger the decision, the more confirmations we need. But once you get that down, once more people have, have, have given you wisdom and you've had those things confirmed, then you act on it, and that is active faith. Notice the number of times Jesus' healing asks for active faith. Pick up your mat and walk. Stretch out your hand. Go tell the priest. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, <laughs> Matt, you're, you're out. You haven't walked ever in your life, okay? And Jesus says you're healed. Okay. Now pick up your mat and walk. No, I can't because I'm not healed yet. It required them to start to go, to move and to act and to trust that what Jesus said was real. Let's play this out in salvation. This is not a message about salvation, but let's try play it out. You're on your way to God. You're on your way to God. And it, it, the Bible says you're saved by faith, right? And so what happens? You get that sense in your soul that God is speaking to you. He's calling to you, I want you to give me your life. What, where did faith start from? From God. And you resist it. You say, oh, I don't want to be like those crazy Christians. Oh, especially that pastor. He's nuts, okay? But then you get that sense, I need something. I need God. Who is, who's doing that? That's God. And then what you do, okay, God, I will give you my life. I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to trust in you that my sins are forgiven, that you are real. This whole thing is real. Although I got a jagillion questions. I don't have all my questions down. I still have doubts. I still can laugh at it. But I, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray and ask you to come and be my savior. Isn't that what faith is? Isn't it? And that's how we're supposed to live our life. That is supposed to be how we live our entire life. Faith is confidence in what God says. And faith is an act of trust in that confidence. Okay. Illustration one. The C&I dog. Okay. Now we're going to go to my challenge. The challenge. I've wanted to grow in faith. I've wanted to grow in faith. And if, if faith in prayer is this, this act of trust in faith. Praying in concert with God's leading, I have to ask for his leading. Often I pray for the big things. And can I tell you, this is horrible as the pastor say, 
People ask me to pray for big things, and I do, I do, I pray for you, but my confidence level is not always 100%. Are you tracking with me? Anybody tracking with me? Yeah. I, I want to believe, and, and so I pray. I was challenged by a group of pastors to take the big prayer and do step prayers, to, to break it down to say, okay, God, I'm going to pray for their healing. I'm going to pray for their salvation. But what do you want me to pray for that is in the realm with, I have, I have confidence that you can do. And so I've been doing step prayers. And can I tell you, that has built my faith like crazy. Here's a second illustration. Football. Okay, if you're not into football, I'm sorry you're out of it. But I, I, it's the football season. Come on. So there are some prayers we're doing at the 10-yard line. It's an it's a easy, easy prayer. Okay, I, got, I, I believe that's easy. I can do a 10-yard prayer. Some prayers, and you're all way at the end of the field. That's going to take a Hail Mary to get down there. But you just keep on firing those Hail Marys. Maybe one of your guys will jump up and grab it. Who knows, you know? And so what I was challenged to do, can you take a Hail Mary one and like break it up into chunks, into steps and, and, and just pray. Say, okay, God, what can I pray for now? And let, let me give you, I'll try and give you a, an example of this. Uh, I was asked to pray for somebody's healing and I did and I was trying to believe in it. I wanted that. But I said, what can I pray for now? And you know what? You know what? <laughs> the, the, the thing that came to mind was pray for that the doctor's appointment gets moved up. They weren't going to see the doctor till July. So God, I, I believe you can get that doctor's appointment moved up. I, so I pray for that. I think you've led me to pray for that. So get that doctor's appointment moved up. And it was moved up from July to like uh, uh, three days after I prayed it. I go, oh, that's cool. Does that build your faith? Yeah. I was asked by somebody, okay, we're in, you know, in one of our groups, we're going to pray for somebody's salvation that is far, far away. So I do that. And I go, whoa, that's a hard one. Anybody got one of those in your life? That's a hard one. So let's just pray that this guy will contact the person this week. That would be a miracle in enough. And guess what? They contacted them. Does that build my faith? Yeah! I love this stuff. And so guess what? I've got a note. I've got a note thing on my phone. And I number the number of prayers, those little step prayers that I, I'm praying. I pray them all kinds of now. Uh, you might hear it. So, you know, somebody will, will say, can you pray for me? Okay, I'll pray for that. And then, then I'll go something. But I'm going to pray for this too. It's a step prayer. <laughs> and guess what? You know, I've been doing this two weeks and I got 17 on my phone so far. 17 answers to prayer. And guess what? When I go on and, and I'm going to do number 18, I'm going, I sort of look through the list and I go, oh, this is cool. It builds my faith. It makes me excited to say, okay, what's my step prayer today, God? You're going to give me something to pray for that actually you're going to do through, through the faith that, that you've given me because you prompt my faith. It's not me trying to build it up. And guess what? I'm just going to step out in obedience and pray that. I'm going to, I'm going to run my five-yard play. I'm not going 
going to do the Hail Mary, but it's going to be good because if, if I keep on seeing these five yards, it, it, it gives me anticipation. It motivates me. I remember I was, I was talking to a Ugandan pastor who's been doing this for years, and he does it a little differently. He writes out every prayer request, and then he puts a check mark when, when they get answered. But he does these step prayers. And, uh, and we're going, wow, that's a lot. Of, I only write down the answered ones. <laughs> he writes them all down and does a check. He says, you know, he, he, he looked over the last three years of doing this. I, f- I forget how many thousands of answers to prayer he had. Thousands. And he said, he looked down and he says, praise God. 90% of them have been answered. And we're going, that's so cool. And then somebody, because there's always somebody in a group like this, right? What about the other 10%, right? And some, you'll pray. You won't get what you think you're getting. Does does the 10% discourage you? Or does the 90% make you, I'm just, I'm I'm doing this. I'm in, man. I'm just going to keep on praying these step prayers. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. I wanted you to take two things that I think, two illustrations, one challenge, I think will change your Christian life. All right? Because I believe faith is confidence in what God says. Faith comes through hearing. Hearing through a word of Christ. Faith is confidence in what God says. Faith is an act of trust in that confidence. That faith is an act of trust in that confidence. Two illustrations, I want you to take the CNI dog. Just ask, okay, God, how do you want me to pray? You might not hear any voices. You don't get any fuzzies. You just come to what comes up to your mind, and he'll tug you and lead you. And maybe your prayer life can be revolutionized as you just get your five-yard prayers. And I challenge you, grab a note on your phone. Number them. The numbers help. (laughs) And just say, okay, God. Every step prayer that you answer, I'm going to write down. I'm going to praise you for them all as I walk by faith. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that's deep, deep, deep. It is so deep, God. And Lord, thank you that uh, you have been building my faith. Fantastic. And I pray this for the people at home, the people here, that we will walk in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.